Hello, and welcome back to Real Life with the Tina Twist. So happy you're here. Uh, today, we're going to talk about getting unstuck. Now, if you joined us for the last episode, you'll know that Nivy and I talked about being stuck and getting unstuck, and we gave a couple ideas in that episode about how you can help to navigate that feeling of, of not having any choice or being stuck in something where you, maybe you don't want to be there, uh, but not knowing how to put your first step forward and moving yourself out of that situation. So the first place I'm going to start today is about controlling your controllables. So often when I find myself in a, and I don't actually often find myself in this situation, but when I do, when I find myself in this situation, the first thing I will look at is how do I control what I can control, right? What in this situation of stuckness (laughs) can I control? And often for me, that means pen and paper or pencil and paper, writing down what do I control and what don't I control about this situation. So if it's something about work or if it's something in our personal lives, what do I control and what don't I control? And I get it out. And often what I find is that understanding what I control from that part of the situation helps to give me peace, helps to give me empowerment, and helps the uncontrollables not feel as bad because I can give them a name to say, you are uncontrollable. I can't control you, but these things in this bucket I can control. And so therefore I will, or I'll choose not to control some of those things and be okay with that. But it's my choice, not leaving it up to fate or however things will roll out without me being involved. I also think about, so once I've got my controllables down, I often then think about if I'm feeling stuck, I think about what's giving me energy and what's not giving me energy in a given situation. So let's say you're stuck in, I'll use work because that's an easier topic, but it could be in a relationship. It could be something personal as well, right? So, but let's say in your career, you're feeling, if you're in a job that you're thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck, but I'm not happy anymore, or there's more I want to do. So this is another list thing that I do. And maybe I'm just a list person. I hope this helps you. I look at what is giving me energy and what is draining my energy in this situation. So sticking with, say it's your job. Okay. What is giving you energy and what is draining your energy? And this is a, this is a brain dump, right? This is big piece of paper. Uh, I don't know what's called. It's like eight and a half by 11. If you're in North America, I think it's called A3 here in Europe, which I will never get accustomed to. The big pieces of paper, right? Not those, not the little ones, not the eight and a half by 11 or A4. Grab one of those and you draw a line down the center. And then you scribble, what's bringing me energy in my job? What is draining my energy? And this is really important. It's not a complaining session on paper. It is an opportunity to say, there are parts of my job that I love that give me energy, even if you're not in that frame of mind. And then there are parts that are just really draining the energy. And this is the part that's maybe making me not as happy in what I'm doing. Now, once you have this, then it becomes a matter of, okay, you know what? I can see what it is that it gives me energy and I want to go towards what is giving me energy. So we'll stay on the job example. Ah, what gives me energy. So you might've guessed, given that I do a podcast for people is what gives me energy is helping people. What gives me energy is inspiring people to be the very best versions of themselves they can be. 
What also gives me energy is feeling like I'm making a difference in our business and in people's lives. And so I know that that's what gives me energy. What doesn't give me energy is sometimes is politics or things that take longer than they should because I know that impacts the positive impact I want to make in the, in the world, right? So there are pieces that I know drain my energy and I don't want to run towards them even if they happen to be part of my job. Okay, so if I were thinking about things that give me energy, I want to run towards them when I'm thinking about getting unstuck, okay? So taking that with you, you understand, okay, this is what is giving me energy. This is when you get to play arts and crafts, okay? So, and this isn't something you just sit down for half a day on a Sunday and do and then check a box. This is a, a progression. I'm giving you some other tools, okay? So the next thing I do, and I have done actually, is creating a vision board. Now, I talked about a vision board briefly when we met with Nivi in the last episode. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what this looks like and how how I've used it most recently. So now you're grabbing an even bigger piece of paper. Think Bristol board. Think you're doing a science project, right? Or a big piece of craft paper. We used wrapping paper the last time, uh, the backside of it. Um, And also grab some old magazines. It doesn't matter what the topic is. You're looking for words that stick out to you or imagery that really speaks to you. Some glue. So yeah, we're really doing uh, arts and crafts here. Uh, Grab a beverage, turn on some music, really make this a lot of fun, but get to work. So what you're doing here in your vision board is thinking about a specific topic. So take from that list you've just made about what is giving you energy And create a specific topic of, you know, what do I want my life to look like in five years? Or what would my ideal next job be? Or, you know, what we did last time was, what do we want this podcast to be about? And what, for me, it was, what do I want people to feel? How do I want to communicate with them? What did I want to actually talk about? What did I find was important to be able to communicate from the experiences that I had had so far? And so we're, What you get from this vision board is a few things. One, you get a mishmash of images and words that speak to you around that given topic. So you framed it for as, you know, work or ambition for next five years, whatever it is, however you've, however you have uh, given it a name. And then you have these images and words that speak to you around that topic. And then you stick it somewhere you can look at every day. Okay. And why a vision board? You know, there's things like Pinterest and you could do this beautifully and make a nice um, board virtually on your laptop. But, you know, it, it's not the same thing as feeling the paper and really making that visual connection. There's something about being able to hold on to things that, that really brings it to life in your brain. This creativity also allows for a different part of your brain to work. So if you're feeling stuck, often the stuck comes with negative emotions to it, right? The I can't, all of these sort of I can't, I won't. Um, Often there's external pieces there that are making you feel stuck. And the vision board allows, it's just about you and the topic that you've chosen to create your vision board on. It's taking you away from those feelings of stuckness and potential negativity and translating them into one of hope. So it's giving you a view into what your world or this question or topic that you've painted for yourself, what that could look like. And again, I use the example of the podcast. So let's say you wanted to make your own podcast. It will give you a view into what that podcast will look like. 
what it won't do, you're not going to put images on there of all the negative thoughts that could get in your way. So for example, for the podcast, what I did not put on the vision board was people will judge me. What if we get negative comments on YouTube? All those what ifs, right? That are just going to chirp on your shoulder. (laughs) You don't put that on your vision board. Your vision board is full of positivity and all the things that could go right. And that's what helps you. Envisioning how you want things to be also sets an intention and starts to create accountability, which we'll talk about in a minute. And we'll talk about how to make sure you hold yourself accountable as well. Again, plans in pencil. So this vision board is not carved in stone. It is to help set your intention and give you a vision for what could be. It is not carved in stone such that thou shalt follow it from now until the end of time. Plans change, change, life changes. But what you envision and work towards has a way of becoming reality. Just not always in that path that, that you think it might, right? And that comes back to what do you control? What don't you control? Now, when you're thinking about how you want to get unstuck, sometimes we will make just like, you know, we talked about New Year's resolutions a few podcast episodes ago. Um, taking that first step is really important to coming to get becoming unstuck. So this is not about making a big list of, or creating that vision board and saying, okay, I'm going to do all of this <laughs> and I'm going to do it tomorrow or I'm going to start today. Start today, but start with a realistic first step, right? So I, I've, I've coached people before and I'm sorry if this, if this is not a great visual for you, but the best uh, sort of analogy I've been given in my career and it sticks with me all the time is how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. I know it's kind of gross, but it is also true. So how do you tackle a big project like getting unstuck? You don't write on a piece of paper, I'm going to get unstuck tomorrow. You have small building blocks that will allow you to get to a place that you've created on your vision board that will get you to a place where you do not feel stuck anymore. Eat the elephant one bite at a time. Small achievable steps towards that future that you want. So I'm going to give you an example. You know, I always tell you stories here. So I'm going back quite a long time. I'm going to tell you about when I was working in a job before the industry that I'm in now. And I really disliked my job so much. So I was losing sleep. I was stressed, probably most stressed I've seen myself in my life. I wasn't treated well there. My confidence was not great. Um, I didn't think I was made to feel, and also I felt myself that I couldn't do any better than the place that I was working at the time. It came to a point where I just knew I couldn't be there anymore. Um, I knew that it wasn't a healthy environment for me to continue to show up in, although I had, like we all do, I had bills to pay and I was on my own, so I I couldn't just say, I'm out of here. So I took the first step. And again, this is going back a long time, so it's not the same networking. LinkedIn didn't exist at the time, for example. But I took the first step and started to apply for new jobs outside of the company that I worked in. Um, I applied for new jobs in an industry I'd always hoped to be in, which is actually the one that I'm still in today, uh, 18 years later. 
I had some of these qualifications, you know, that I saw statistics recently that women will apply for a job if they meet 80% of the, of the roles and responsibilities that are listed or the expect, expected qualifications. And men will apply if they reach 60% of them. So I was in the 80% camp, I won't lie to you. Um, but I didn't have, often we'll see that, um, or I was under the understanding that I, I needed to really have an in to get into the industry. And I didn't have connections. Um, I didn't have um, any fancy way to get in. No reference. Someone would, you know, someone would my, tell my name to someone else to someone else. I just had to go very old-fashioned, keep applying for jobs and hope that someone would call me back. So I kept trying. And there were, you know, when you're, when you're in a position feeling stuck, you often there are feelings of, well, you know, I need to still pay my bills and I need to, you know, I can't just walk in tomorrow and say, that's it. I'm out of here. And that was definitely me. There were a million reasons why I should have just stayed in that job because yes, I could pay my bills and yes, I, you know, it was decently close to my home and I don't know what else. (laughs) I'm sure I had some good reasons. But the most important reason I had to leave and to think about leaving was that it wasn't healthy for me anymore. And that was, I had a million reasons to stay and one reason to leave. And that one reason was a massive reason. And so I took the steps to leave. And so some of those million reasons that I had to stay were about, well, I don't have ins in the industry. And, you know, I've heard you have to have, you know, have to know someone to know someone to get in. And all of that was in my head. So all of that confidence stuff, no one was... Maybe some people had said it to me, but most of it was just in my head. It was what I had told myself because I just didn't believe that I could leave. I really felt stuck. Leaving that organization showed me that I indeed could do better. It showed me um, that better existed outside. I was happy in my new organization, in the new industry I had joined. I, I had made it to this industry that I'm proudly still call home because I love it. Um, And I was able to develop and grow and I'm still growing today. And I was massively stuck, but I found a way by taking small steps. And I know that it's a very traditional story for me to tell you that I was stuck and I applied for jobs and then got unstuck. But it's a simple one because I think a lot of people can relate. Now, I had to hold myself accountable to get unstuck. And staying accountable is really important. So there's a reason why it's super important that these steps or the bites of the elephant are small enough because you can feel like you're accomplishing something regardless of how small they are. You are moving towards that vision you've created on your big piece of paper with magazine articles, whatever, pictures. Keeping yourself accountable, Something else that I do, and again, it's pen and paper, but this one you can totally document electronically. I won't judge. (laughs) While holding yourself accountable for taking these steps, I want you to think about every day for a month and documenting this, how energized you were. Okay, so you have these little steps that should be helping your energy grow day after day. I want you to think about what energy, what in your day is giving you energy And what is taking your energy away or draining your energy? At the end of the day, so before you close up or before you, you know, stop using your electronics for the day, just sit quietly and reflect. It'll take you 60 seconds max. How much of my day was giving me energy and how much was draining my energy? Simple, doesn't have to be precise. 
if you're taking control of the controllables and you are taking those small steps toward that vision that you've created, you should start to see your energy levels change. Now, you will still have uncontrollables in your day, right? You can't just show up on Monday. Let's say the uncontrollable is things that you find in your workplace. You can't show up on Monday and resign. And if you can, good for you. Most people cannot. So you have to control if we're, you know, we started with a work example, so I'm going to continue it, but this is not just about work. This can happen, this can apply to anything in life. You can't just change everything tomorrow, right? So measuring that energy in and energy out will help you document, are you making any changes? And you do this for a month. So even at the end of week one, you can look back and say, okay, did me taking those small steps and holding myself accountable, did that help me to change my energy in, energy out? I also want to talk about how you find ways to build your energy up throughout the day. And I don't mean just your work day. I mean from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. And so let's say it's Monday, you're starting out and you document how your energy was. And you're like, wow, I had, you know, like 10% of my day was energy in and most of it was energy out. All right. Let's reflect on why. And again, you can still do this within the 60 seconds, right? You can look back on your day because it's fresh. And you can say, this, this, and this drained my energy today, but this is what gave me energy. Great. How do I change that for tomorrow? It can be something simple like, you know what, I'm going to take a walk and think about or reflect on what it is that I'm doing to take that bite out of the elephant today, to do those tiny steps towards my goal today. You can take a break between meetings to make sure that you are rebuilding your energy if, if you find that meetings are what's draining your energy throughout the day. And I know I live in a world where I am in back-to-back meetings throughout my day, but I do try to carve out time for lunch. Or if I don't get it, then time in my afternoon to make sure that I have some thinking time and a chance to catch my breath. And the reason for that is I don't show up well by the end of the day if I am back-to-back without a break. And that doesn't just reflect on the energy I feel, but it reflects on how I show up for my team and for other members of my organization. Okay, so giving yourself a break, reflecting on, uh, you know, take that first week and say, how did, and don't change a thing. How did my energy do day in, day out? And then what will I do differently next week to change my energy and energy out balance? I've thrown a lot at you today. And what I wanted to do is inspire you with ways that you can look at getting unstuck. Getting unstuck is not a box checking exercise. It's not something where you say, well, that was easy. You know, you don't say tomorrow I will get unstuck, check. But it is something that will teach you a lot about yourself, most importantly, because there's no one more interesting than you to learn about, trust me. It will help you control your controllables in a world where there's a lot we can't control. Creating that vision board will help you create a vision where there's something positive to look forward to and give you that hopeful element and outlook into life. Keeping yourself accountable and taking those first manageable steps towards a life that gives you energy and fulfills you. Thank you again for joining us and I hope you found today helpful. If you need a place to make yourself accountable, my email inbox is always open. So as a reminder, it's tinagravespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us today. Until next time, take care, keep yourself and your loved ones safe. 
and live your life with a twist.